0: So people, as I mentioned the other night, people are gonna see a lot of signs out of town, a lot of detours. We apologize for the inconvenience, but um, this is how you become ISO one rated. Yep. Nope. <laughs> this is no how pain, you no get gain. these, this is how you get uh, and make sure your, your water and sewer uh, services are working right. Uh, and making sure that uh, infrastructure is maintained. Uh, I do wanna give a quick plug to my predecessor, Jeff Nutting.
1: Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet at wfpr.fm and in the local Franklin area dial at 102.9. Here, it's Friday for another Talk Franklin session with our town administrator, Jamie Helen. Jamie, happy Friday.
0: Happy Friday, Steve. Good to see you. Uh,
1: yes. Yeah, so it's always good to talk Franklin on a Friday with you, Jamie, because you can give us some insights that I'm sure the residents that care to listen, and we encourage that listening process, um, we'll, we'll,
0: be, we'll benefit from because there is an awful lot going on. It's pretty much our busiest time of the year. I think, he, as you know, I'm a big football fan and regular listeners know I'm a football fan. I use a lot of football, football metaphors, terms. but if we're yeah. really in our playoff run here, you know, to the, uh, to the budget hearings in, in May. Uh, but the legislature is doing a lot of stuff up on beacon hill yeah Um, congress is very active right now um you know stuff that may not relate to the local communities but still this is really you know when the uh legislative and um uh, administrative branches kind of really are doing a tremendous amount of work it's really one of our busiest seasons um and as you know you know the municipal calendar gets a little more complicated once the fourth of july for summer hits so we all try to rush in and get a lot of things done, which is good. Uh, but it, right now, we've got a lot of great projects up in the air, and um, there's just a lot of things going on all over the place, which is uh,
1: which is good. There is, yeah. And we'll d- jump right in, being mindful of your time and appreciative of those who are spending time listening. You had a major announcement that. From my point of view, obviously, for those who are carefully listening, was coming. We knew it was coming. We weren't sure exactly when. Mm-hmm. But uniquely, it's nothing that either you specifically or the council actually needed to vote on. And yet, the community benefits in a couple of ways. And that being the class one announcement that the mm-hmm. Franklin Fire Department has achieved and now is in a special group, a, a unique uh small contingent of folks in the country
0: i wouldn't even say microscopic
1: microscopic um, yes
0: you know uh so if folks didn't hear the fire department um was awarded this week a uh what's called an iso uh, insurance service organization class one rating they are the standard of poor's the moody's if you will the rating agency that rates uh, public safety fire departments throughout the country as the uh, representative drove all the way here from Syracuse uh, to be there uh, on Wednesday, Joe. And as he noted, they do 40 over 45,000 fire departments in America. Just a few. And just a few. And the town of Franklin became only the 459th municipality in the country Uh, to reach a class one status. Uh, yeah, but we always talk, we always metaphorically say the 0.1%, right? We always allude to it to convey the exclusivity of something that we're Mm -hmm. talking about, right? This is literally one where it is not a metaphor. It is the, it is literally, we are in the 0.01% of, of uh, the best fire departments in America. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I think it's a little sobering, to realize there were only the 15th municipality in all of the northeast uh to get this especially when all of those other departments with the exception of foxborough um are all major cities you know boston yeah. portland you know the big providence you know worcester i mean all those cities in new mm-hmm. england are in there yeah. um and yet the town of foxborough and the town of franklin are the only two non-urban communities to get this designation and and i just gotta say you know, the chief the other night was modest about it. The chief of uh the fire chief was in the audience from the town of Foxborough. Chief Kelleher runs a great department, he's a tremendous individual. Mm-hmm. But we all know with Gillette Stadium, uh in Route One, uh, they have a little bit of an advantage baked in, which makes this kind of even more special. Yeah. Financially um, big difference. That, that it's just uh it's a surreal experience, to be honest with you. It it just Uh, We've been working on it for a long time. We knew it was there, but, um, you know, and and I think the other hidden, um, you know, obviously chief McLaughlin and and the battalion chiefs and the deputy chiefs had a lot to do with all this and the entire team, but I thought one of the other nice stories the other night was really how 40% of that rating is really up to the town DPW water department. Correct. And, you know, really the victory here is going to be, uh, with the emblem and the patch from the fire department, um, But, um, you know, it really is impossible to get a class one rating without an exceptional uh, water department and exceptional public works. And so most people are going to say, wow, that sounds fun. You know, here's the TA, you know, blabbering about something Mm -hmm. that they've done. And of course, that's what he's going to say. And most people I, you know since then say, well, what, 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 why do I care? Well, we, we're great. We have a great public safety department. We've always known that we great, great firefighters and paramedics. We've high standards. Everybody in Franklin has to be a licensed paramedic, right? So mm-hmm. um, our standard is higher than a lot of other communities. Well, great. Financially for the homeowner, this is probably one of the biggest areas that a homeowner a residential homeowner, average citizen listening to this podcast.
1: And a business all, operating
0: here and a business operators can uh, go to their insurance company and there's a link already on the Franklin Fire Department for the paperwork. Your insurer is going to say, give me the the rating letter. Sure. And uh, the the chief has put up a packet that any resident can go and take, download, email, PDF, um, and bring it to their homeowner's insurance immediately and ask them for a discount. I just happened to see somebody last Friday, um, who a week ago, who told me they already went and got a three and a half percent discount on their uh, property insurance and Franco. three and a half percent i don't know what your homeowner's insurance is, bill is steve um but with costs rising and inflation and gas and obviously we'll talk about stormwater in a minute with some other things this is a really great example of a lot of things we do that actually try to save people money as well right uh, we're not just a government that keeps running up the bill uh, we're a government that also proactively tries to look for ways for uh, small business owners and residents to uh, to save. Great yeah. example.
1: Yeah. Now, and to reinforce the point, I think on two uh, additional er- areas, clearly to you, I think some of your conversation there was, you know, we're always touting, et cetera. Now we have a comparative, a standard by which we can truly be compared as to be taught part of the elite uh, and numerically as well. So that's good. Um, The second piece is, yeah, it's important from uh, the, in some cases, we have to spend to save. Here, relatively speaking, there was no additional budget into the fire department in order to achieve this. No, it was normal purchases, normal activities, maybe some additional training, but generally within the budget. And we do benefit the community from a fire safety perspective and financially and especially with the rising costs generally at least on my home insurance it's always indexed upon the value of the house and the replacement value so as those go up the the cost is going to go up and that percent thereby is going to be there and we're going to get the additional dollars for it so
0: yeah. yeah
1: we do have uh time being scheduled i don't have a date specific with the chief etc to talk about that uh, ironically the chief and i had sat down it was the last interview i had done in the studio before the pandemic <laughs> and the, mm-hmm. then think the shutdown happened we had a couple of interviews after but his was the last one in person so we're going to come back to that and i know we're going to do some additional outreach to the communities i'm sure you will be uh and the chief in the fire department already have to make sure people are aware of this it's something yeah. we need to take a little bit of action on but then once we talk with the insurance companies they should be able to turn something around for us so
0: Exactly, And I think, um, you know, I'm sure there'll be some, uh, there'll be a Wicked Local story. You know, they'll, I'm sure he'll do the podcast with you, Frank mm-hmm. TV. There'll be a variety of mechanisms to get it out. I, I mentioned it at the Downtown Partnership meeting yesterday. Yes. Um, and we'll continue to do that outreach. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully we can get as many people thinking about this stuff as possible um, and realize some savings in their pocketbooks when there's right. not really a lot of other as we all know, and it, it's it's hard to watch, but there's just not a lot of other costs going down to the average homeowner. And no. here's a great opportunity to to save some bucks mm-hmm. um, and yeah. something to hopefully have some, some community pride in. I mean, one of the things the Chief mentioned the other night, um, which also doesn't get a lot of prime time, but we're, you know, I'm very proud of it. And I know our HR director is very proud of it, but, you know, um, you know the collective bargaining agreement that got done a few years ago, yes, uh literally reformed the entire agency. We went all in uh, mm-hmm. and the the department was ready. chief was ready. Uh, I was ready. the council was ready. Karen was ready, everybody, yep. and we made i mean, we almost made an entire new agreement basically in structure of the department. and one of the things I should uh, plug is that training and professional development has been something that the uh the town council in particular and through myself and the hr director you know really tried to promote at a much higher level um and this goes for the police department as well uh and the dpw we've won awards uh on our training programs with Mm -hmm. uh, our insurance company maya uh on these things and and i think you know it's a you know, we're the tortoise in the race, you know, in government, and it's a slow and steady operation. But it's really just phenomenal when you get to the top of that mountain like the other night. And, um, and, uh, and there's been a lot of years of work going into this at a slow and steady methodical rate mm-hmm. throughout the whole organization. Absolutely. And um, I mentioned the other night, you know, a great example is the police accreditation coming up. You know, the town has never been, although it would still be difficult has never been in a position like we've been in to get a A bond rating. Um, and you can kind of go through the list of metrics and, and, uh, and here's, you know, some other great stuff, uh, in addition to the ISO one, uh, coming down the pike as well, but, um, I'll let chief McLaughlin and the listeners out there go into a lot more detail when you interview him. And, um, and, uh, hopefully we'll be doing some outreach throughout the whole summer, probably at the senior center, uh, and do some other, uh, tidbits like that. hmm
1: yeah. The fire department, certainly with some nice shiny vehicles, it's always good to attract attention that way. And, you know, whether it's a touch of truck here or there, um, with sparky around uh generate some children's attention and thereby the parents discussion so yeah they've
0: it's- always been an extroverted department right because yes. i mean it's a long-standing history and i know sometimes the folks in the blue team they work really hard at this too right um but it you know the opening of the stations uh the, the giving out the junior helmets to kids
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, you know the outreach fire department is done the chief mentioned this the other night they've been reading in schools now for years Sure, they've been going and doing the senior center visits they've been doing the carbon monoxide checks they're doing inspections at the elite level um you know and so uh you know all that stuff adds into it so Mm -hmm. it's really been a a great team effort across the board and i'm sure we touch on we'll touch on that
1: (laughs) from time to time as we go forward for other aspects of their operation for sure not that we have left them out by any means because they're (laughs) They're certainly critical. <laughs> but one of the other uh, items on the council agenda, and we don't have to spend a great deal of time on it because Tom and I talked about it, Tom Mercer and our town council quarterbacking, but I think worthy of note was the council in their uh, oversight role for liquor licenses and all alcohol licenses. We had three unique opportunities, one a change of a location, one an alteration of premises, and one a net new piece and as I think you and Tom announced, now we're sitting in a position where we have actually more restaurants operating than we did pre-pandemic.
0: Now it's a couple big victories from this week. One, uh, for obviously, for Birchwood Cafe, which is wonderful for them, uh, and obviously Poor Richards with their move. Uh, mm-hmm. It's great for them. I know, I know the Anne and the, the family wanted to do that, and um, they're going to continue their extraordinarily creative uh, stuff over there. But also is um, is really the fact that, you know, as we come out of the pandemic, not only are we dealing with the ISL ones and police accreditation and all these other things we've been talking about, but we have more restaurants uh, licenses out in town than we've ever had. And that's a good sign. Um, And number two, um, it really speaks to uh, a three restaurant. It's really the first applicant under the new rules, under the state for outdoor dining, to have gone through the permitting process for a permanent outdoor deck. And um, I think you're starting to see uh, a lot of change. These are the kind of good things, I think, from the pandemic. You're starting to see people get a little more creative. And and I think uh, the business sector understands there's a large demand to be outside. Um, And I think that 3.0 has done a tremendous job uh, really uh, leading the torch on this. They've been um, they've been uh, at the front of the table uh, in the line the whole way through being as innovative as you can. And, and they did it the right way. They worked with our police department on the concerns around the bollards and the shielding away from uh, minors potentially getting cocktails or something over the edge. All mm-hmm. of these different issues came up and Steven's team up there have done an amazing job. And one yeah. thing I will say, I won't gloat for one second, um, One thing that he said the other night that really uh, always floors me and it makes you all of us feel great is he said, quote unquote, the town government is great. Yes. And, you know, I think that speaks to the support the councils have with outdoor dining and trying to work with each owner. We've spent a lot of time, Chrissy before, Alicia, Julie, now, myself, the tech review team, Brian, Mm -hmm. Amy, planning board. Um, There's some tougher parcels. They have land up there at three, but. Um, You know, I know Bob Vazella at La Cantina and some others are going to be going for some other outdoor dining and, you know, Three's really paving the way on this and they've done a great job. So it's exciting to see them finally get their permits. And I look forward to hanging out outside on that patio as well. They're going to be putting a bar out there, they said, all that stuff. So it should be real fun.
1: Yeah, it should be. I've I've been out there not as frequently as I like, but, you know, given the circumstances, <laughs> we at least were out there. And, yeah, that's a cool place to be, especially on a Friday. So who knows? We could
0: record right. out there sometime. <laughs> that would be fun. Maybe, you know, we could get lunch and we'll do it out there. Sure.
1: Yeah. I like that. Yes. And since you talked budget season, one of the things that are indirectly related to budget, uh, you provided an update to the council on the Opera funds, the American Recovery uh play an act uh mm-hmm. and there's a boatload of money well a half a boat maybe but there's some money coming our way mm-hmm. put the good yep, news. the
0: town's uh receiving a lot of money from the you know i i say it just because it people tend to not know the acronym so it's the joe biden uh federal stimulus from uh, 2021 mm-hmm. um in congress as well but obviously he signed the law and it was his proposal and um, this is going to infuse uh, millions of dollars into public infrastructure for us. And um, you know, one, it's going to kind of create a bridge for the stormwater utility, which we'll talk about in a minute. But um, for a million and a half bucks, but also uh, a million and a half bucks towards water main replacements to continue our programs. Right now, Arlington folks may be seeing that Country Club Drive, This a couple of the roads. We're starting the the Jordan Road. <laughs> Uh, project which will probably be a legacy lifelong project for for stuff like uh for me but um well, but eventually we're getting it started time, I, really that, you got to do jordan road sections at a time there's a right, lot of complicated yeah. issues on jordan road but yeah um uh, but it's exciting to finally get there you know we've been talking about these things for a long time and and also of note um uh so people as i mentioned the other night people can see a lot of signs out of town a lot of detours we apologize for the inconvenience but um, this is how you become ISO one rated, <laughs> yep. nope. this is no how pain, you no get gain. these, this is how you get, uh, and make sure your, your water and sewer, uh, services are working, right. Uh, and making sure that, uh, infrastructure is maintained. Uh, I do want to give a quick plug to my predecessor, Jeff Nutting. Um, he always said, there's nothing like infrastructure to invest in at the local level if at all, default to infrastructure. No Uh one opposes infrastructure. And he was right. There was unanimous support from the council. Uh, In addition to a mental health clinician, uh, the police department, our second uh, person through advocates, uh, people can go look at all the slides uh, and all the information on the town budget page There's a whole link with all of our federal stimulus information. Um, So uh, it's exciting times. There'll be a lot of work. um, And we still expect to get more uh, funds in the next couple of years as well. Yeah, because I think in the big picture, I think it was, what, $10, million,
1: $11 million total. Yep. You were getting some sets of funds. I think it was a million something each direct to the town. But then there were two buckets of, if I recall, $3 million each that are coming through the county. And that's where this is the first set uh, being submitted for, et cetera. So more to come on that front. And, yeah, segue into uh, also in the legislation uh, for action Wednesday night were two key pieces. Um the stormwater fee with its second and final approval, and then from a passport photo fee, just to complete that full service package that's been talked about from time to time. So if somebody wants a passport, uh, if they haven't already got their photo, they don't have to leave and come back.
0: I'm so excited about this. Maybe a little too excited. Um, as many people in town may remember, they used to be in the town clerk's office, and then the federal government said that they can't do them because there's a conflict of interest somehow. Then they didn't wanna get rid of them because they're so popular. So Jeff took them up to our office. When mm-hmm. I started here, they were down the end of the hall. Actually, they were in Lily's office. Passports were done in Lily's office. Okay. Um, and I'll never forget uh, uh, a, fa- uh, a family that uh, was of uh, Indian heritage, a couple with uh, two or three children in strollers, mm-hmm. one walking, Yeah. And they came in with the grandparents or the parents, grandpa, you know, depending on who you were, I guess, but right. it came in the whole family was eight folks. They were coming in to deal with their, uh, their passport related issues and talk to our staff and they didn't have photos and they were taking a big trick back to, uh, to India, um, and with the grandkids and they all had to leave and come back. And I just felt for the mother so much in the whole family, they had to go all the way down the hallway they were lost. They had to go down to the elevator, get back in the car, go down the street. And then they came back a week later, they had the photos. And I just thought to myself, why can't we just get a photo center to go with right. this? Sure. And we moved the passport kiosk downstairs, which is great for everybody. So they don't have to trudge all the way up to the third floor with the elevators and the stairs. And it was right there. And now we've created a full service passport center. So uh, anybody out there traveling or want to get updates or have questions, part-time are on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And we now can charge $10 per photo, which I believe is still less than down the street. And uh, it's the cost of service. And, um, you know, I'm just excited about it because we do customer service well in Franklin. It's a big deal. Uh, I'm a world traveler. You know that, Steve. And mm-hmm. to be able to give people the ability to have a professional down there and a full slate. Is actually kind of exciting. And I didn't realize this uh, until the pandemic was kind of waning. Um, it just like for whatever reason, just there has been such an enormous increase in desires for passports. Sure. Uh, I'm sure there's reasons for that that we're not aware of, theorized with. But um, so it's a great service for the residents of the town to be able to come in and get all their stuff done.
1: Uh, Mine's not coming up for renewal for a while, but I'm in a good position there. But anybody who needs one, that's another option to consider. And then stormwater fee. I'm not sure if you want to mention anything more on that. Uh, That the only question I had there is, I think you said that was, well, certainly the opera funds were providing a bridge. So the first invoice to the residents is coming out in what? The
0: FY23 or FY24? FY24. So the stormwater fee was enacted. It's a utility. It's a rate uh, payer Mm -hmm. fee. Um, uh, Dean College, um, you know, uh, all the commercial properties in town that have most of the impervious surface, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the ones that are going to pay this just like the homeowners. No one's exempt. Um, you know, like people talk about places of worship, Dean college schools, they're exempt from, um, you know, uh, property taxes, which is true under state law. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody's exempt from this because well, they're all town, a user of the system. Yeah. Town and school budget. You have to include. Town and school budgets will have to include in there. Yep. Um, there are going to be credits waivers for hardship. There's a variety of other mechanisms. Um, you know, but the important thing is, is that, um, You know, we're going to avoid any uh, penalties in the federal government, and it'll be set up like a utility, just like water, sewer and refuse. Um, The costs will ebb and flow over the course of the program to clean up the Charles River. Um, But I think the most germane issue is, is that, um, you know, when people are going to complain about taxes or fees going up, you know, I don't think there's anybody who's who's asking for them to really go up by a lot all the time. We know that the majority of the public is looking to contain costs. Um, but what I want to emphasize to everybody is this is not a punitive thing to people. Ultimately, it's a federal unfunded mandate, but just as importantly, none of the money goes to Congress or DC, none of the money goes to Beacon Hill. It stays right here in Franklin, just like your water and sewer. And so mm-hmm. when we're talking about all these other deliverables of ISO one and how everybody relates to what and the water department and Beaver Street Interceptor and all these big projects, It's really an investment in your community's infrastructure. It's really an investment in flood mitigation. It's an investment in cleaner water. All of our drinking water comes from underground. Um, And so this is really ultimately an investment in the quality of life of your community. You know, I respect everybody's different opinions on it. But I think with the course of the meeting, I think as we've talked about this, Steve, you've been a part of it. It's been four years talking about the MS4 permit, maybe five. And then it's really been stormwater for 15 years in Franklin, uh, back to the bylaw um, that set out uh, the new standards back in the mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. The town of Franklin is known as a regional to um, nationwide leader on this issue, putting in one of the first bylaws back in the mid-2000s. Uh, we've been way ahead of the curve, and this allows us to stay ahead of the curve.
1: Yeah, I think coincidentally, it started in 2007, 2008, back when I started doing this as well. So I've yeah. been here in Stonewater all the time. Um, yeah. But yeah, and at least from a residential perspective, I've got a rain barrel, so I'll be able to get a credit. As you've heard, and I'm sure anybody who's watched the meetings, they've heard, I got to replace my driveway at some time rather than putting asphalt in there. I'm waiting to find out which of the pavers will I apply. And I'll consider that. I mean, if I can put it in a paver and save some money, I might as well.
0: And, you know, and I think that that's still one of the things that uh, Brutus said at the meeting where, you know, people said, well, where's the book on credits and stuff? And he basically came up with a crafty response and said, Mm. well, wait a minute, I can't really get into that until I know that there's a commitment from the town to move forward with this and this fee. Right. Um, And I think as technology advances, he's right. I mean, I think in a year from now, when the credit manual comes out or six months from now, it's going to be different than what it would have been if we had this prepared three years ago. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, that's really change. good for the yeah. citizens. It's going to continue yeah. to change. And we are yeah. going to try to incentivize the rain barrels um, and the pavers and, and some uh, less impervious surface. So so all in all, uh, a successful week. And um, we just thank everybody for listening.
1: And just a couple of heads ups, uh, clearly on the schools side, school committee meetings throughout the week. I've got a separate post to tout that school committee both votes on their budget Tuesday. Uh, you've got what the EDC meeting pre the town council meeting on Wednesday.
0: Got an EDC meeting at 545 on Wednesday that is going to go through a couple of amendments to um, the parking violations to help some of the citizens on West street. Okay. We're doing some additional striping and some key areas um, to make sure people know where there's no parking uh, as well as uh, looking at one of the issues that has cropped up uh, over the last year on just on main street and the central street, A potential zoning change to the hours of parking regulations on the main business corridor that's there. So there'll be two uh, pretty pretty, Pretty good topics on the edc meeting for the council um you know that are generally coming up but the most notable thing will be a continuation of the discussion in last week's edc meeting of the downtown uh mbta requirements there's a requirement that we have to have a public presentation of what the mbta regulations are i expect that to be a lively topic
1: i'm sure we'll give a- to, to, we run out of time on the other night. So, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some pent up questions, et cetera. Um, legislative forum also on Thursday night, where yep. our legislation delegation uh, was a school's focus, but it's uh, important of interest. And then I know there's going to be some additional ones, but there's a discussion forum at the Senior Center on Tuesday, the 12th at six, uh, with the new directors and assistant director there looking to get some input into. How they're going to continue to enhance the services and the other important thing next week is the calf opens
0: April 11th. Let's end off with some food. April 11th, our new chef uh, down at the senior center, Anne. Uh, we're looking forward to her. Uh, for those that follow Instagram, you can see some of what she's been cooking up. Those try out were in the new kitchen. The pizzas looked delicious. It was a little. It was like it was like dough with toppings, you know. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, some of them were getting really excited. So uh, we're really excited to have Ann in. Uh, so
1: you're waiting my appetite, but I know you're going to run. So we'll close it for this. Now one. we're really all
0: starving. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, have a great weekend. Thanks.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you for taking time to uh, do this. And for the folks listening, we do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help?